if you've been in anywhere in the, in the United States, you've heard of Turner Broadcasting System, TBS. If you have a cable or whatever, you can look at that channel. Well, we're going to not do anything with Turner Broadcasting, but this message is TBS called The Big Switch. And uh, so TBS for short, but um, we're going to talk about that Christmas story. And we know it. I'm going to end this on Christmas Eve. So it's got four messages. I'm going to end it on Christmas Eve. But Matthew chapter 2, if you have your Bible, you can begin to look there. You know the story. And so we're going to just kind of go through it a little bit. And it, it, uh, it's uh, a traditional Christmas story. We've seen all the plays about it and all of those kind of things. Uh, but it's, it's really got such a simple message. And so sometimes in the simple things, you can pull some of the most profound things out. Um, you know, the Bible talks about a child will lead them. Sometimes, have your kids ever just told you something and you're like, well, that was deep. And I didn't even think of it like that. You know, those things. It's sometimes in the simple things we can learn some of the biggest life lessons. And so these wise men, I think, are going to help us learn some of that today. So if you have your Bible, Matthew 2 1 through 12, I'm going to read that, and we'll go from there. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Now, let me stop there real quick. Just to, I'm, just, I'm going to try to connect some dots real, real quick here for you. Notice right here, this is at his birth. Where is the one called king of the Jews? What did they put on the cross when he died? A sign that said what? Just trying to connect some dots for you. For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard it, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he began to inquire of them where the Christ uh, was to be born. And they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet and you, Bethlehem, land of Judith, are now no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and ascertained from them the time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, and he said, Go and make careful search for the child. And when you found him, report to me that I too may come and worship him. And having heard the king, they went their way. And lo, the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and they came into the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshipped him and opened their treasure. They presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another way. So that ends the story. But I, again, this is just such a, such a simple story, but yet there's so much good things in there. So... The wise men kind of started this whole thing about gift giving, if you really think about it. I mean, God started it. For God so loved the world, he gave. You know, so he's kind of the king giver. But these wise men, they started this whole thing about getting and receiving gifts. And, and I want to talk about just a couple things in their gifts that we can pay attention to. First thing was, the gift was from their hearts. It was something uh, that they, you know, it was a, a treasure to them. Something that they believed would be good. They, these guys are wealthy people now. These are magi. They're traveling. They're wealthy people. They had money. They had cash. They had moolah. Turn to your neighbor and say moolah. See, that just sounds fun just to say that moolah. If you're a farmer, that would be really easy if you had cattle. Moolah. All right. But they were from another country. And they, you know, let's just say they're from Iraq. And, and uh, they could have sent the gift. Now, think about this. They could have sent the gifts on ahead of them. They could have sent them UCS. 
United Camel Service. They could have. Could have sent them on ahead. They, I mean, these guys are wealthy. They could have had servants. Hey, take these gifts, do this, but they didn't. In fact, if you read the story, this is what pops out. At verse 2, it says, We saw the, his star in the east and have come to worship him. Verse 9, and they went their way. In verse 10, they saw the star and they rejoiced. Verse 11, they came into the house, opening their treasures. They fell down and worshiped him. So they presented him these gifts. They had determined to give them themselves. There's something about if you give something yourself or maybe you go somewhere and, and you're, you're, you're by your presence in that place, you're telling this person, you're important to me. This means something to me. So that's number two. It was a big deal to them. So this, these gifts, these were a big deal. It cost them something. This wasn't just something that's just, oh, let me just see. I'll, hmm, sure, here's a bag of chips. You know, and they're not doing just anything. This, this is something that means something to them. It costs them something. So what I want to talk to you about is gifts today. And, and, and in these next few weeks, we're going to talk about maybe the reality of how maybe we should look at Christmas. And I hope I changed some of your mindset. As a kid, like most kids, we grew up because Christmas is just that great time. Yes, we get gifts and toys. You know, as you're a kid, you got underwear or socks. You looked at them, tossed them over your shoulder. Next, you know, give me something. I, you know, uh, so we were always looking for the cool gifts. But these these gifts, these wise men were just more than gold and frankincense and myrrh. It was a gift of worship and adoration. It cost them something. It meant something for them to deliver them personally. They were gifts of depth. I mean, they took some time and thought, what could we do? What would be something that that would show our adoration or show our appreciation or our worship? Not just anything, but something that, and you've all probably got a gift like that at one time or another. Something you're like, wow, they really thought this out. Some people know you more than other people. And they can give you something, and to somebody else, they'll be like, oh, that's, but to you, it would almost seem priceless. You know, I have some gifts, uh, in a, in a, it saddens me. My dad had given me a pocket knife, and uh, I lost that pocket knife. I think I lost it in Children's Hospital one time when Zach got injured. And I, I think I had it in my pocket, and it must have fell out in between the sofa or something, and I've never found it. But, you know, it was valuable to me, to somebody else, they had said, oh, that's just a little case, three-bladed pocket knife. But to me, it was worth something because I wanted a pocket knife, and my father gave it to me. So, and when I talked to him about it, that was, you know, hey, I got you this one, I got it this way because this, and, and here's why. And so it meant something to me because it meant something to him. It wasn't just any old thing. Now, there's three kinds of gifts you can give at Christmas time. I've used one of these examples before, and I had to stick it in there again because it just is so true. So I got it thinking about gifts, three different kinds of gifts that, that we can give at Christmas time. And here's the first one, and you know, you, we've probably all done it, or you've received it on what, either end. The gift for a gift gift. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. Every one of us has done it or received it. It's a gift for a gift gift. Basically, it's a gift for a gift that we get from somebody, and we kind of figure out how much it was, and so then we'll go buy something similar to give that to them as a gift for the gift they gave to us. Or, it's something that you really didn't want at all, you could care less about, and you're going to give that gift as a gift to give to gift to somebody else. Because it's a gift for a gift gift. 
Sometimes you look at that and go, sweet, I can leave that in the box. Now I don't have to go buy so-and-so a present. They'll love that because I don't need it. Soap on a rope. Anybody remember that? Bless God. If you got soap on a rope, you're, what are you trying to say with that? I smell? You know, those kind of things. Gift for a gift gift. But that approach in, in society today just feeds cash registers, gives, you know, just throws money back into the system in the department stores. And there's literally thousands of people on Christmas Eve running around just to get a gift for a gift. Or, you know, possibly an exchange gift. And I get it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with an exchange. Because sometimes an exchange gift, hey, make it just a 5 or $10 gift. If you're going to do a 5 or $10 gift, you, you've limited yourself to pretty much the stores you're going to shop at. Because you're going to find some 5 or $10 gift. And hopefully you can find something that has a little bit of meaning. But after all, it's 5 or $10. Christmas cards. I'm not so good at Christmas cards. I told Kim, I said, we got to get a Christmas card out. We had family pictures done, and I said, let's go get Christmas cards done. And she goes, yes, we have to do that. It's December 4th, and we have yet to do that. But is, have you ever on, on Christmas Eve or December 27th or something, you get a Christmas card? Chances are probably good they could have gotten it way before Christmas but never mailed it. Or it's kind of like the gift for a gift gift. You sent them a card maybe and they're like, oh yeah, I got to send so-and-so a card. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means that sometimes we just get caught up. Life is busy. How many know life is busy? And it doesn't mean your heart is bad. So I'm not trying to hammer you if you've ever done that. I think we probably all have said, yes, we've done it or received it. Here's our second thing. A gift with strings. You ever give something or get something from someone? Hopefully you didn't give it. That had strings attached to it. Not like Pinocchio, but strings, I mean, I got you that, so I'm going to later expect a favor later. So just remember, after all I've done for you, if I scratch your back, I expect you to scratch mine. Now, you might say, no, that's never happened to me. If you live long enough, <laughs> we'll just leave that where, where it's at. Sometimes you'll hear, after all I've done. So I put this saying in here. Are you ready? Some days you're the pigeon. Some days you're the statue. <laughs> Wanting the world to treat you fairly is like asking the bull not to charge because you're a vegetarian. I'm going to let that thing. <laughs> you know, sometimes life just isn't fair. Sometimes you're like, okay, I, I'm, you know, I want this to be a pure Christmas. I want it to be. I don't, I don't want a gift with strings. I didn't want, you know, all of that. But sometimes we live in a society where people don't have that same viewpoint. And I'm not saying you're going to get a gift like that. Maybe you've already got one or in the corporate world you might get stuff like that. I don't know. I want to tell you about the third gift. The third gift is a free gift. Now, that's the best way I can describe this gift is this. It's free. It's no charge. It's nada. It's Zippo. Zero cost to you. It's unrepayable and you can't pay back a free gift. Because it wasn't given with any expectation. It was just given as free. This is for you. I love you. I thought of you. Made me think of you. I think you could like this. I'm not doing this for anything. To get anything back, I'm doing this because I care. I feel I want to give you this gift. Yada. That's what the free gift is. Let's talk about God. God is the best gift giver of all. He gave us Jesus. And he gave us salvation through Jesus. Can't pay that back. 
We didn't do anything to earn it. We can't work for it. It is, we are saved by grace. It is just a free gift, unmerited favor, because we don't deserve any of that. We shouldn't have that. But God said, you know what? There's no strings with this. I love you. You didn't do anything for this. I'm going to make a way for you. So explain that. Free gift. <clears throat> Before I lived in the house we lived in now, we, we had a house on, uh, out in Glenford, Perry County. Some of the best deer hunting ever. I mean, I had 16 acres, incredible land. I had uh, deer stands out on my land. My land was up against 100 acres behind me. Uh, 15 on each side, 60 and 90, and I mean, just hundreds of acres all around me. So it's just, just woods. I had horses, loved the land. I just loved the land. I mean, God had given us that house. I remember mowing the yard in the house we had before that when I was pastoring uh, up north. And I was just, I was on a little John Deere 38 inch riding mower, and I was telling God, God, I just love you. Thank you for this yard. That's just what I felt. It was, we had a nice house on a uh, cul-de-sac dead end, you know, so it really didn't have much traffic. And, and that, that was a miracle house in itself of what God had done. And I, I remember telling the Lord, thank you for this yard. And the, the Lord spoke to me right away and he said, where do you see your next one? And I had not even, exp you know, I didn't know about this land yet. And then everything fell into place and and we got this land, and it was just wonderful. Well, it was time to come back and start True Life Church, and I had to leave the familiar to stuff that, I, although I'm coming back to a land that I knew. I was born and raised here in Marion, Ohio. I went to high school here in Marion, Ohio. I had some friends in here. Well, you know, really, I've been gone so long, most of my friends had, I don't even know where they were, but I had family here, so, you know, there was some familiarity of coming back, but this was all unknown territory for me. This was all, you know, it was hard. And I'm leaving a place that I really loved. I, I, a place that, you know, if I could have, I would have stayed. If this, if this house would have been inside of an hour or less from here, I would have never moved. I would have still started the church, but I would have drove an hour every day. One way. I would have. And I would have just built her another house if she wanted on the land somewhere or whatever. Because I just loved where we lived. I just, it was, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. The kids loved it. We had a big old sledding hill you know, and um, we put in a pool, and, and it was just, we had the horse, it was just, it was great, just thought it was great, so it was time to leave, we had packed a U-Haul, and it was, uh, we were pulling out the next day, and I sat out in the driveway, and I, we had, my dad had got us a sign that said Pinewood Acres, we had all these pine trees that lined the driveway, and the wind would whistle through those pines, I loved the way that sounded, and I sat out there, and out in the woods, I had two places in the woods that I had carved in, a big, in two big trees with a heart said, I, I heart Kim. And I put those in the tree. And so, so to me, those kind of spots were almost like sacred spots that were right by my deer stands. And it was just kind of cool. And I'd look at those and I'd sit there. And, and I didn't want to leave, you know, and I'm, but I knew I was supposed to. And so I, I sat there. And I was upset. Have you ever just been where you're torn, but you know you have to do something and it's just you don't want to do it, but you know you're supposed to. And God was pulling me from that. And I was I was emotional. I didn't want to leave. And so I was tearing up. And Sam, my youngest son, you know, 
he, I don't know how he knew or, you know, but your kids know you. You know, sometimes oh, we can't tell the kids. Can I just tell you, your kids probably already know. You know, they, they sense things because they love you. And they, he, he found me sitting outside by the truck. And I, you know, I'd been, I'd been crying. I, you know, and I'm, this isn't really easy for me to tell you. But, I mean, I was just, Lord, I, I don't want to go, but I will go. Now, I wanted to come back and, and be with family because my sister and her family lived back here. My wife's family lived back here. And I, I love the idea of being back with family. But, it, I mean, everything was transitioned. The house that we were moving into wasn't, wasn't ready yet. We had to wait to get into it. And we were going to live with Charles and Charlotte for three weeks, probably three of the longest weeks of their life. I mean, you put six people in a house that wasn't used to having six people in there. We were sleeping on chairs and floors and, you know, um, their food bill and everything. We were, we were trying to help with all that stuff. But they were so kind and gracious to us. But, I mean, there was all this transition of just saying, okay. And he had drawn me a picture. I still have the picture today. It's in a jewelry box I have up in our bedroom. He drew me a picture of a deer and a tree with the carving on it. And he handed me the picture and he had tears in his eyes. And he said, don't worry, Dad. God will do it for you again. And then he gave me a big hug. And he sat there. And I think he cried with me because it just broke me. I can't pay that back. It's priceless to me. It's non-repayable. I still have that picture. I'll always remember that day. Let me tell you a couple characteristics of a free gift. You can't put a price tag, number one, on something like that. You can't, you, it, there's nothing I could say, hey, I'm going to, that would cost about, that to me is priceless. My mother, who's going to be moving back here, when I was in school, you know, you can do a lot of things for your mother, and your mother will look at something that can be just flat out ugly, if you made it or drew it or whatever, and say, I love it, it's the best thing I've ever seen. I was in art class. I was a, a major in art. And when I originally went to college, I was going to be a commercial artist. So I was doing a lot of art in school. And uh, so in one part of the art, we had pottery. Anybody ever work a potter's wheel and all that stuff? Yeah, boy. I stink at that. And I made for my mom this lopsided cup of some kind. It's supposed to be, a, a, I guess, a drinking glass, I guess. Um, I don't know. And I, and I painted a dog and got all those fired up, you know, and they come out all shiny. But the cup looked like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and it was weird looking. And I made her this elephant foot thing because that looked like an elephant. It was supposed to be a dish. But it was just, it was terrible. But anyway, I gave those to my mom for Christmas. I made them, and, I, you know, and I'm like, you know, I made, I made these for you. And my mom just embraced those and said, I love those. Those are awesome. And she put them out on display. Now, if you would go into her house and see those items, you'd say, she has terrible taste. Wherever this woman bought this is not good. But I made them. And so to her, they were awesome. You go in the bathroom and that little weird looking shaped cup became a toothbrush holder. So it wasn't so bad. I don't know what she, I think she tried to make a planter out of the elephant foot thing, but my mom really was bad with plants, so it made it worse, because any plant she had died, so it just looked like a bunch of dead weeds stuck in a, in a whatever kind of a dish. I did find the dog. 
we, we used to pass the dog back and forth as a gift. We'd hide it and pass it back. I think I found it. And if I can find it again because I lost it, <laughs> I'm going to give it back to her. But anyway, that was a gag gift. But I can't put a price tag on that stuff because it was a free gift. And I figured this out. The gift that not just that I gave to her, and this is not what I'm talking about. The gift that she gave back to me was because you gave that to me. I love you. I don't care what anybody sees of this. This is something you gave to me and I love it. That was her gift to me. Can't put a price tag on that. It's a free gift. See, the whole thing I'm here to tell you this morning is, I don't know what we've done with Christmas, but we need to turn it around a little bit. It's not just about the most expensive gift and what you can buy and all of that. It, there's something way deeper than that. I'm not against buying a great gift, so don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you know, if you have the means and, and you believe God wants you to do that, then do that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about put your heart in it. Ask the Lord. Here's the second thing. Most of the time, these great gifts, they're not things. They're not things. It's not stuff. Well, Brett, what do you mean? I mean, they could be gifts of time. Just taking time to be with your children, taking time to be with your family, just taking some time out from the normal everyday routine of just, hey, we got to do this, da 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 da. Christmas is a rush, rush time. And part of that is really cool, but sometimes it's just good just to take time. You know, some, this is some of the stuff I'm just trying to tell you. This is just my heart. I was just at my sister's house the other day. Love going to my sister's house. It's, when I say that, I, when I, I'm meaning Jeff as well. Great people, generous people. We go there, I mean, they just, I mean, there's always, we, we laugh till our sides hurt. Great food, good fellowship. She made, so here's a little plug. I don't know if she'll be allowed to tell you this or not, but the best eggnog I've ever had. She had this big pitcher of homemade eggnog. We were just there, and I'm like, I, I, I don't know if you like eggnog. I only drink it once a year. I like it. I don't drink very much of it because sometimes it's just too thick, and I'm always trying to lose weight, so <laughs> probably not the best thing for me to drink. But hers wasn't that as thick as that. It was, it was a little thinner, but not too thin, and it was ice cold. I'm telling you, it's like, you ever have something, you eat something, you go, bing, something stores in your mind like, that's good. Jesus would drink that eggnog. If he was at her house, he'd be saying, Kim, could I have another glass of that? What I'm saying is things like that, you know, I mean, she was just giving that to us. That might be, she didn't make that for me. She made it for everybody. But that was special to me because when I think of eggnog now, for me, I'll always think of my sister makes the best eggnog ever. That might seem kind of silly, but here, gifts of time, just taking time to go over to their house, taking time to... To say, hey, we love you. Taking time with your children. Sometimes with church work, and we've got to get better at it because we haven't mastered it yet. That we've been so busy that we haven't taken any time for her and I to go and do anything. So we're this, that's part of our, our thing. We're going to put our calendars together and say, okay, we're blocking out some time. Daddy dates. I still take my girls on daddy dates. Uh, go to the movies or go out to eat and maddie and i since she's the only one at home now have had a lot of those dates lately so but you know it's helped her transition to there's no siblings in the house it's kind of to be honest it's helped me transition there's no kids in the house 
you know, so it's, it's all of those things. Time with my boys, just time to, you know, go and do something together with, with my boys. That's a free gift. They can't do that with just anyone because they don't have another dad. I am their dad. Second thing maybe is a, a service gift. So gifts of service. Now, Maddie is 20 years old, but anytime anybody in the house ever got sick, she would take care of them. I'm just telling you, if there was ever a Disney princess in my house for her, she would be Snow White. She would be just like taking care of, I mean, she took care of everybody. She would always put, if they were sick, she'd, they could go and take a nap and they'd wake up and there'd be like 10 stuffed animals all around them. And she'd make grilled cheese because she couldn't get on the stove yet. She was too little. And but, or, or crackers and, you know, whatever, or soup or something. She would try to always take care of them. That's a free gift. There's times when we lived away and I pastored in another city that I would take the kids and I would just bring them to Charlotte's house. Now, see, I'm not stupid because if I brought them to Charlotte's house, I'm not the only one watching them. So she would help watch the kids and Kim would have the whole day to herself, be at home. She could take a four-hour bubble bath if she wanted. She could read a book. She could go shopping. Whatever she wanted. That's a free gift. You can't pay those things back. You just have to love and accept them. Some of the greatest gifts I've ever received aren't gifts that have a price tag on them. They're those kind of gifts. Service gifts. Free gifts. Gifts of time. Okay, now let's move to the message real quick. Five things I'm going to give you very quickly. It's not going to take too long. Five things the wise men can teach us about giving a gift. Here's the first one. Give a surprise gift. They teach us to give a surprise gift to someone. No one was going to expect wise men to give this gift. They're not Jewish. They really have nothing in this. They've just heard about. They studied the skies. I mean, they, they come kind of out of nowhere. They've been traveling there for a while, but it's just they wanted to do this. They stopped at Herod's house, all of that. You read the story. We talked about it. But it was unexpected for them. Just, a, man, this has been foretold. We're going to do this. And they're actually part of the story that were, they were foretold or prophesied about. So sometimes the best kind of gifts are surprise gifts. Those that people aren't expecting. We we just, I got to bless some friends just um, the other day. We gave them a surprise gift. And they're like, what's that for? And I said, it's because we love you. We just wanted to do that. Maybe you've not had one in a while. Maybe you haven't given one in a while. Think of somebody or some, maybe it's something you just need to say to someone. I'm going to do something for that person that I keep saying I'm going to do. So I'm going to make that phone call or I'm going to do whatever. It might be out of the blue. They won't never expect it. I'm going to give that free gift. Have you ever gotten one or received one or given one? Let me give you another one. The wise men were happy about it. Number two, they wanted to give it. They, were, they wanted to give it. They were happy about it. I love giving good gifts. Do you, do, do you like that? I love when I were able to give my nieces and nephews something they really wanted, and I was able to get that. Not to say, look at me, but I just, I just love that. I love watching their faces when they rip open the paper and all that. I just, I love that. You see, these wise men, they wanted to do it. They planned it. And they did it with such joy, and they were just happy to do it. 
They were happy when they saw Mary. They could hardly wait to give it to Jesus. I just saw a sign on the way to church that said, if you like getting presents, Mary's already got one. She wrapped it for you. Of course, it wasn't a Catholic church, but what I'm trying to tell you is, Jesus is the greatest gift you'd ever receive. Richard Foster, famous writer, writes this. I want you to listen. He says, giving with a glad and generous heart has a way of routing out the tough old miser within us. Even the poor need to know that they can give. Just the very act of letting go of money or some other treasure does something within us. That something is it destroys the demon greed. I heard of one guy that prayed this. God, you can have anything that you can pry out of my hands. Don't be like that. See, in each of the gifts we were talking about, thought was involved. Here's number three. The gift had meaning. It was meaningful to them. It was a personal gift. It was tied to them. It was who they were. It represented part of what they represented, and they were giving that to the, to the Christ, to the child. They knew that he was a king. They wanted to do this, so they put some thought behind it. Here's number four. This gift would last. A gift that would last. Now, I've cleaned out a toy chest. Have you ever cleaned out your kid's toy chest? How many McDonald's Happy Meal toys have you ever found in a toy chest? We cleaned out their toy chest when they were kids, and I'm like, I, I'm, a, I'm a big kid. And we're like, ooh, remember this one? And Kim is like, it's a potato head one. Oh, cool. But they had all kinds of things and all that. But this is a gift that would last. Sometimes you've gotten your kids stuff, and within minutes or that same day, it's broke. Or it didn't last. These wise men gave a gift that would last. Now, I want you to think about this. I'm just, just a little side note. These precious gifts they gave them were able to sustain Mary and Joseph for some time. Now, think about that, because they're on the run. They're getting away from Herod, but they're able, with the gifts that these wise men brought... God had ordained. They were happy to do it. They presented part of themselves. They're able to exchange that, and, and now they've got, they've got food money. They've got traveling money. They've got all kinds of things to take care of what they need. Give a gift that will last. You can't just give any gift. Put some thought into that. There's two gifts that you can give at Christmas that will last, so I'm going to help you a little bit, okay? And again, these really don't involve that much money. Some of them don't involve any money. Here's number one, memories. You can give the gift of memories. Nothing is more like Christmas than almost that gift of giving a memory. Do something that will create a memory. Start a new tradition. Do something that everybody like, oh, I love it when we do that. You come to our house on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, all the kids get to open they get pajamas on Christmas Eve. They've, she's done that for years, as long as I can remember. So they'll get, every one of them will get some set of pajamas somehow tied to them to something they like on Christmas Eve. And then they can exchange their gifts to each other, the siblings to each other on Christmas Eve. And then Christmas morning, we do the whole other thing. But memories, start a new tradition, start something that is just... Uh, an amazing when we put up the tree this year we started tradition a few years ago it's not and mal makes and i'm telling you when she comes back or you could google it but she'd give it to you she makes the polar express hot cocoa that's right up there with eggnog i'm telling you it's the best cocoa i've ever tasted it is amazing probably not calorie free but it is amazing 
And uh, so when we put up the tree, there, she's always making that cocoa. That's part of the thing. And so everybody's like, oh, is Mal doing the cocoa? And we pull out the stuff. Oh, Mal's doing the cocoa. Yeah. Start a memory. <coughs> I've shared this story before, and I don't even know what we're doing on time. Without Kim here, there's usually a clock right there for me to see. So I, I, I hope I'm not going way over. But if you'll help me, I'll be done with this in just a couple minutes. Our, fir- our first child was a stillborn child, as most of you know. And, uh, and uh, so that was on November 26th. We put him to rest. And we went through that whole thing. And so that was a very tough Thanksgiving and a very tough Christmas. It was hard to, to shop and be happy. It, it, was, it was just a tough time. And um, so with, with just trying to keep everything together, I mean, we would sit in the car and hold hands. And we were at my mom and dad's on Christmas Eve. They hadn't moved away yet or anything. And, and uh, I looked at her and she looked at me. I said, listen, we're going to be in here for about two hours. We'll be okay. We can do this. Okay, we would hold on to each other and I prayed with her. We'd go in there, you know, it was going to be two hours. Here's what happened. Because of everything that had went wrong, all right, we didn't really go out and spend a whole lot of time buying gifts. And, and frankly, that year, it was hard for me to care because I was so wrapped up in just trying to keep things r- together. Does that make sense? So, but I was still aware and so I, I'm, I'm going to try to use this and hopefully it will help you because it is ever imprinted in my heart. Because I, my, my brother-in-law and my sister, their kids to me are like gold. <coughs> Sorry. But what we did is, I, because I didn't buy them presents, it was the first year that I didn't buy them anything. I thought I'd get through this. <laughs> I really did. But what I did was I went out and I rented a horse-drawn carriage with lights. And I had them come to my dad's house on Christmas Eve. And Matt was just little. And his face pressed up against the window, you know, and it was all steamy. Because he was like, because they're all, Uncle Brad, Uncle Brad. And I I said, I got a gift coming for you, but it's not one you can unwrap. You know, so I kind of tried to explain that to him, and Matt was just stuck at the window because I wouldn't tell him what it was. And so what happened was you could hear this clip-clop come down the, the street. Clip-clop, 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 and you could see these lights. And, and Matt looked, and he goes, I see something, I see something. We opened the door, and you could hear this horse clipping, clopping, and they pulled right up to the house, and the kids just jumped, you know, this, yeah, and so... That was what we gave them. We gave them a memory, and they all piled in the carriage, and they just drove around the neighborhood singing Christmas carols. People came out on their porches waving, singing with them, and they just went around the block two or three times, and we just cried and said, God, you're, you're good. You can't, you can't replace those kind of gifts. Here's the second thing, because i got to move on. A good name. A godly heritage. It'll bless you for generations. That's what the Bible teaches us. My parents are godly people. Kim's parents are godly people. A godly heritage. Give them a good name. That's a gift that will last. Let me say one more thing and then I'll wrap this up and put a bow on it. Our last point. What are you waiting for? 
So we've got a gift, uh, give us a prize gift. They were happy about it, a gift that had meaning, a gift that would last. And now number five, what are you waiting for? You need to give a gift now. Tell somebody that you love them. Don't wait. Don't wait until oh, next year I'm going to do that. No, tell them this year. Make that phone call this year. Let me read something to you, and I want you just to listen carefully. They were going to be all they wanted to be tomorrow. None would be braver or kinder than they tomorrow. A friend who was troubled and wearied they knew would be glad for a lift, and he needed it too. And on him they'd call and see what they could do tomorrow. Each morning they stacked up letters they'd write tomorrow, and thoughts of the folks they would fill with delight tomorrow. The greatest of people they just might have been the world would have opened its heart to them, but in fact they passed on and faded from view, and all they left when their living was through was a mountain of things that they intended to do tomorrow. A wise man said once, keep short accounts. He was saying, don't be one of those people that say, someday I'm going to do something. Someday I'm going to spend that time with my kids. Someday I'm going to make snow angels. This is your year. When it snows, do it this year. Someday you're going to love somebody. Someday you're going to tell somebody that you're sorry. Do it this year. Someday you're going to help someone. Someday you're going to do what God has prompted you to do and you wanted to do it every time. This is the year. Tell them that you care. Give a gift that you can't pay for. See, those wise men, they weren't about to go back home until they got those gifts to Jesus. They had to press through opposition. They pressed through time. I'm sure they were discouraged. I'm sure during that journey, because it did, they didn't get there overnight. It literally took months. They were probably like, let's just turn back. We're never going to find him. That star seems to just keep going and going. But they said, no, I'm, we're going to do this. We have to give him this gift. Some of the saddest things that I just want to tell you, and when I do, you know, called on to do funerals, is these kind of things. People, they always want... To say, I wish they could have one day back where they could say something or do something different. I'm telling you, don't wait. Don't wait. But Brett, the gift I want to give is expensive. Forget the expensive gift. The best gifts are memories, the free gifts. Don't wait till your kids are grown. Make memories right now. Get a day off from work. Take a day off. Play ball with your kid or your nieces or your nephew. Your grandkids or great-grandkids. Don't wait until you say, I'm going to do that when I retire. When I get over there, some of us need to just reach out and do it today. Listen to me. A bend in the road is not the end of the road. Unless you fail to make the turn. Make the turn. Write the letter. Make the phone call. Give a hug. Give some love. Before I close this out today, I just want to say something from the bottom of my heart. My wife isn't even here to, to hear it, but I know she would agree. We love you guys. I pray that this year is your best Christmas ever. That you just enjoy the real reason for the season and you just do what God has called you to do and embrace 
the people that he's put around you. Would you bow your heads, please?